Shalom. Welcome to the Word of Impact brought to you by Kingdom Ambassador Centre. Through the teachings of our pastor Randolph Ajay, you will be inspired, equipped and empowered to fulfil your kingdom mandate. Now, let's hear the word for today. Holy Ghost, you are the best teacher. You are a teacher. You are a professor. You are our mind regulator. You are everything. You are everything, Holy Ghost. You are everything, Holy Spirit. And we ask that you come and teach us. Come and teach us. We take authority over this place, over the atmosphere, and we declare that the gate of revelation be opened. Let the gate of revelation be opened. Let the gate of revelation be opened. In the name of Jesus. Amen. How many of you know, tonight we are going to learn something very interesting. We are going to study, we are going to touch on some of the significance of the gate. And then once we've touched on some of the significance of the gate, tonight we are going to touch on the gate of hell. Okay? So we are going to touch on some of the significance of gates. But even importantly, we are going to treat the gate of hell. How many of you know that revelation is a gate realm? How many of you know that? That even revelation is a gate realm. Okay? Revelation is a gate realm. And if you are not operating by revelation, it means that that gate of revelation has not yet been opened to you. Is that okay? I said revelation is what? It's a gate what? Revelation is a gate realm. Sometimes some people would ask, but how... Is it that, you know, people are, you know, speaking and of revelations and they are seeing stuff. And, um, you know, but as for me, nothing is being revealed to me and all of these kind of things. It's because you haven't yet entered into a realm of revelation. As we go deep, we will realize that I've touched on it a little bit. We've talked about the gates to the body. We've talked about your eyes, your nose, your mouth, and all of these kind of things. These are gates to the body. But we know that man is made of spirit, soul, and body. Is that okay? So, in terms of the gates to the body, your eyes, you know, your nose, your ears, and all of these kind of things, which I'm going to teach in depth as we go on in one of the weeks. You know, these are gates that comes to the body. But in terms of the gates to your spirit, one of the gates is a revelation. It's a gate realm. Is that okay? And, and, and until this gate realm is opened to you, the Bible would only be a book. Are you listening to what I'm trying to say? Until that gate realm of revelation is opened to you, the Bible would only be a book. Come with me to the book of Ephesians, the chapter number 1, the verse number 15. We are going to the verse number 18. 
Therefore I also, after I've heard of your, oh my God, I'm fit tonight, it will be powerful. Therefore I also, this is not even what I'm going to teach today because today the emphasis is supposed to be teaching on some of the significance of gates and they will not go into the gate of hell. But the Holy Spirit just said, drop this. You see, he said, therefore I also, after I have heard of your faith in the Lord, and your love for all the saints, Marie Kapaya, do not cease giving thanks. In Psalm 104, we said that one of the keys to unlocking the gates is thanksgiving. So now Paul is unlocking that gate to Revelation. He says that I do not cease to give thanks for you. And then he says that making mention of you in prayer, he's also bringing us another key that is prayer. He says that, so now Paul wants to bring these people to a place where the gate realm of revelation is open unto them. Oh my God. Are you listening? Are you here? Are you here? That is why Paul actually spoke about the fact that, you know, when it pleased God to reveal his son to me. Paul said, when it pleased God to reveal his son to me, the first thing I did was this. I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. Paul did not see the son of God. It took God to reveal him to him. Are you here? So that is what we call the apocalypsis or the apocalypse or revelation. In other words, what Paul is saying is that, listen, if God did not reveal his son to me, I couldn't have known him. Are we here? That is why when you see someone who does not know God and does not believe in Jesus as the son of God, you shouldn't be worried. It means that there is, you know, the, the gate realm to revelation is closed up to them. He says that, you know, I thank God for you and I pray for you that the God, go, go, let's go, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation of him. He says that, that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened. Another word for that enlightened is to be opened. Are you listening? Another word for that enlightened is to be opened. And the only thing that can be opened is a gate. He says that when the eyes of your understanding is, an, is opened or it's enlightened... Now you may know. Now you may know. When we talk about, you know, revelation, it's simply something that is covered, that has been uncovered. Are you you okay? So if something is covered, it means that it either has a gate or a lid. Is it it understandable? If something is covered, it means that it is either having a lid or it's having a gate. Is that okay? So he says that, you know, by prayer and by thanksgiving, he's praying that the eyes of their understanding or their eyes of revelation is opened, is enlightened, so that from there they may know. You know, this is a popular scripture. Let's go again to Revelation, the chapter number four. It's a popular scripture that you've heard it several times and several times and several times. He said that after these things, I looked and behold, a door was standing open in heaven. What was standing there? What? So in other words, it's a door or it's a gate. Does it make sense? He says that a door is standing open in heaven and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I'll show you. When we are talking about showing, we are talking about what? Revelation. So in order for John to have the revelation, the door of revelation had to be what? 
Say revelation. Say the realm of revelation. Say the door of revelation. He says that, look, I, I, uh, you know, in, in these things, I looked and behold, a door is standing open in heaven. And the first verse which I heard was like a trumpet speaking, come with me, come up here, and I will show you. So now, the reason why he's going to be shown what is happening is because he's been given what? Access. Say access. Say access. Say access. This is the realm where Paul, Peter entered. Let's go to Matthew the chapter number 16. Oh my God. My, oh my God. Come to with me the book of Mark. Matthew 16. Quickly. Matthew 16. Come with me to. No. Let, let's, let's, let's start from 16. Take me to 16. 16. 16. The Bible says that, so Peter answered him. You are the Christ. The son of the living God. The verse number 16 said. Jesus answered to him. Simon bar Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this. Has not uncovered this to you. Has not opened this to you. But my father in heaven. Is that okay? Guys, listen. There are things you can go to the best Bible school you will never know. Not every mystery is learned in school. Are you here? Not every mystery is learned in the classroom. There are realms of mystery that can only be given by revelation. And revelation is bigger than any doctrine. Jesus told the Pharisees, he said that you look at the scriptures and you search for the scriptures looking for me, but you can't even see. So there were scholars, they knew the Bible, they knew, you know, the, the locus, they knew everything. But there's a certain realm in the scripture that it takes the Holy Spirit to say, listen, I'm opening that door for revelation for you to come in. And this has to do with gates. So over here, John is showing us that uh, in, in, in Revelation chapter number 4, John is actually showing us that an angel of the Lord and a voice actually said, listen, come, there are certain things we would have to show you. And as a result of that, a door was opened. May doors of revelation be opened unto you. Oh my God, I said may doors of revelation be, listen, when you open your Bible, may doors of revelations open. Oh my God, Masali Kapaya. I said, when you open your Bible, all of a sudden, the, may the opening of your Bible bring the opening of a door. Listen, the reason why you are frustrated with reading the Bible is that you are reading a text. But the moment you open the Bible and it correlates to the door of revelation, opening in the supernatural, you will see things men don't see. Gates are everything. Gates have very two main significance. It is either shutting you out or it's shutting you in. Write it down. Gates have two strong significance. It's either they, it is shutting you out or it is shutting you in. Oh my God. The story of the of the ten virgins, and the Bible says that when the wise virgins went in, and the foolish virgins came later, the Bible says the door was shut to them. The door or the gates were shut. Gates perform spiritually two significant reasons. It's either it's shutting you in or it's shutting you out. Oh, when you stand behind, you know, the gates of heaven, may it open and shut you in. 
oh my God. I say, may the gates of heaven open and shut you in. Oh, like John, may, may the gates of revelation open and shut you in. May the gates of revelation never be denied to you. Oh my God. Oh my God. May the gates of revelation. Listen, it's everything. Hey, listen, what would make Jacob give his last food? To someone say, take the food, I want to be hungry. He saw something. The people that don't see live for the now. Do you hear what I said? The people that don't see, the blind, the Bible says that who is blind like my servant? Who is deaf like the one that I have in covenant with? If you are blind spiritually, it means that you've entered the wrong password. So the laptop is saying, pick me, access denied. There are two fundamental significance of gay. It's either it's shutting you in or it's shutting you out. And tonight, the Lord is about to shut us in. Amen. Well, I said tonight, God will shut us in. Amen. It will not end here. When you go home, you will still be shut in. Amen. I'm telling you, look, you will be shut in and you will not be shut out. You will not be denied revelation. You will not be denied access. Are we here? And it comes by the understanding of gate. He said that I pray that you know the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened and by so doing you would know. Is that okay? You know, your walk with God without a revelation would bring frustration. What did I say? It will bring what? Do you know Christianity without revelation is already frustrated? You are praying, you don't see anything, it's frustration, isn't it? Yeah, you are praying, you don't see anything, it's frustrating. You are reading, you are not you are not hearing anything, it's frustrating. You are fasting, you are not seeing, you are not hearing anything, it's frustration. I walk with God without revelation, it's frustration. And the Christian who's not walking in revelation is no way better off than an unknown believer. The Christian walking without revelation is in no way better off than an unbeliever. So we still press on with the significance of gates. I'm not going to do any summary because it would take me another 40 minutes to do that. If you don't have it, just go and get a tape. Because today at night, I want to finish with some significance and then we jump on straight and look at one of the major gates called the gate of hell. Is that okay? So we establish gates are taken by force and they are controlled by authority. Jesus said, how can you go into the house of a strong man and take what belongs to him except you first bind the strong man? One of the things we also have to learn or know about gates, I'm continuing from where we left, is that gates can either be a blessing or it can be a pain or agony depending on who is controlling them. Your happiness, your fulfillment, your satisfaction, your benediction or your distraction 
your pain, your agony, your misfortune is dependent on who controls what kind of gate is bringing that. So gate could either be a blessing or it could either be agony depending on who is controlling the gate. Is that okay? So if, if let's say the gate to your soul or the gate to your spirit or the gate to your body or the gate to the city. In the book of Daniel, the chapter number 10, we realize that the prince of Persia was a strong gate in that land of Persia. Because when the angel is bringing the answer of John, of, of Daniel, let's go there. Daniel, the chapter number 10, quickly roll, roll it for me. It's not even, I was not meant to read it, but let's go there. Daniel, the chapter number 10. In the 10, in the third year of King Cyrus Persia, a message was revealed, say revealed. Was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. And he understood the message and he had understanding of the vision. He had understanding of the vision because it was given to him. If you read the chapter before, the angel Gabriel said, come, I've come to give you the skill to understand. He said, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks fasting, meaning he's fasting. I had no pleasant food, no meat, no wine, came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself. I thought till three weeks were fulfilled. And, you know, now then on the 24th day of the first man that was led by the side of the river, that is the Tigris. Let's go quickly. I lifted up my eyes and looked and behold, a certain man in linen whose waist was gathered with gold of ephahs and, uh, and his body was like burial, his face like the appearance of lightning in his eyes, like touches of fire, his arms, like his arm and feet like burnished bronze in color and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision for the man with me did not see the vision. These are blind men. These are blind men spiritually. Physically present, spiritually not existent. May you not be spiritually present. May you not be physically present, but spiritually non-existent. But a great terror fell upon them so that they fled and hide themselves. And uh, therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision. And no strength remained in me. For my vigor was turned off to frailty in me. And I returned no strength. The verse number 9. Let's go. Yet I heard the sound of his words. And while I heard the sound of his word, I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. The verse number 10. Suddenly a hand touched me which made me tremble on my knees and on the palm of my hands and uh, he said to me, Oh Daniel, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. The verse number 12. Then he said to me, Daniel do not fear from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God. Your word was heard and I have come because of your word verse number 13 but the prince of the kingdom of Persia because at this point in time Daniel is in the you know the kingdom of Persia and he says that you see in the kingdom of Persia there is a prince over the kingdom of Persia there is a prince or a principality or there is a prince in the air over the kingdom of Persia and you see in every nation depending on what God they succumb to it would depend on what rules in their heavens. Okay? So it says that the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Why was the angel 
or that principality stopping, you know, the angel that was sent, you know, for Daniel, he was literally limiting him or he was trying to give him no access. Is that okay? What was he trying to do? Give him no access. The demon or the principality did not want the angel to have access to Daniel. And we've established that doors are what? Access. If it was an angel of God that was the principality over the city, Daniel's answer would not have come in 21 days. Is it true? When will it have come? First. Because the angel said what? The very day you sought understanding and you decided to humble yourself, he said your voice was heard in heaven and I was sent with the answer. May the heavens over your life be perpetually opened. Last week Sunday, I said there can be a realm within a realm. Isaiah 60. See, Isaiah 60, quickly, quickly. Isaiah chapter number 60. Realm within a realm. The Bible says that arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Watch this. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth. And deep darkness, the people. But, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen in you. Now, let me show you this picture. It looks like an umbrella, okay? It looks like an umbrella. Now, over here, no, no, go back. Over here, the Bible is saying that what has covered the earth? Come on, come on. What has covered the earth? What has covered the earth? The Bible says that darkness has covered what? The earth. And apart from darkness covering the earth, the Bible says that, but that means that the people in the earth realm. Oh, over here, the Bible is actually saying that. Let, let me show you layers. This is the earth. And darkness has covered it. But then, over here, the Bible is trying to show us that there is another realm within a realm. So I could be in a place where darkness has covered everybody in my family, but for me, I'm under light. In Israel, in the land of Goshen, in Egypt, every part of Egypt was plagued. But Goshen, the place where the Israelite dwelled, was eternal light. So over here, he's saying that there will be darkness covering the earth, but as for you, and this is why I personally believe that, listen, let the whole world go awoke. Let, let the whole world go crazy. God always have a remnant. There, there is always a certain people in a certain land operating under a certain covering. Are you here? He said that darkness would be upon the people but as for me, it's the glory of God that would be my covering, not the darkness. So we are talking about living in a realm within a realm. It means that no matter how bad your family is, and it means that no matter what rules your community, and it means that no matter what rules your city, you can create another atmosphere. That is why Joshua said, but as for me and my house, but as for me and my house. So darkness upon the people, gross darkness upon them. But it says that, but as for you, it is the glory of God 
that is going to overshadow you. So gates could be a blessing or an organ depending on who is controlling them. Because the prince of Persia was, you know, controlling that gate of access into the city, because he was prince over the city, he withstood Daniel from receiving answers to his prayer. And what could have taken a day ended up in 21 days. Another thing is that gates can actually be pathways to salvation or destruction. Gates could be pathways to salvation or destruction. Matthew 7, 13, 14. Matthew the chapter number 7, the verses number 13 and 14. Gates could be pathways to salvation or destruction. 13, yeah? Enter through the narrow gate. The gate is wide, the road is broad. That leads to destruction. There are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate? And difficult the road. That leads to life. And few find it. So gates could be pathways to salvation or destruction. In Matthew 7, 13 and 14, he says that there's a, the, the gate that leads to salvation is actually very narrow. And only few people find it. Oh, may you find it. I said, may you find it. He said, narrow is the gate that leads to salvation and few find it. But big is the road. Big is the gate. That leads to destruction and many walk on it. So gates are also pathways to salvation or destruction. And then the verse, the last one for the significance and then we will, we will now start looking at the gates of hell is that gates could, gate could be human or people personified. Gates could be people personified. We said in John the chapter number 10, the verse number 9, Jesus actually said, I am the gate. Or I am the door. I've told you human beings could be gate. Judas Iscariot was was a gate unto Jesus. He was access for the chief priest. He opened the door for them to to get to him. John 10.9. I am the gate. I am the door. Who enters in through me will be saved or will leave. He, he, he who would, you know, he would go in and find pasture. So gates could be people. May you become gates of righteousness unto people. Oh, I said, may, may you become a gate of light into your family. The Bible says that by one man death came into the world and by one man life came into the world. In other words, a man could open a gate to destruction. A man could open a gate to righteousness. Is that okay? So Jesus said, I am the gate. If through you, somebody comes to know God, you become a gate because you become an access door. So gates, so when we talk about gate. We've talked about the fact that it can be spiritual, it can be physical, it is, it, it, it's so many things. It's so many things. Is that okay? It's so many things. All right then, let's go to the book of Matthew. I want us to look at, 
I want us to look at one of the gates. Because we established that there is a gate of heaven and there is a gate of hell. Do you remember? We said there is a gate of what? And a gate of what? Let's go to, take me to Genesis 28 first. Let's, let's establish that. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Are you there? Genesis 28, I will, let's start from 10, but I want the 17, but let's start from 10. Genesis 28, the verse number 10. Now Jacob went out from Bathsheba towards Haran. And the Bible says that, so he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it on his head and he laid down on there on that place to sleep. We've already established when we looked at the book of Judges, the chapter number 16, that the people lied at the gate all night. Is that okay? And over here, the Bible is saying that, you know, he stayed at the place all night. By the way, Friday, we're having an all night. The Bible says that he stayed at a certain place all night. And then he took one of the stones of that place and put his head on and he laid down in that place to sleep. You know, in, in, in Judges 16, um, Samson puts his head on the lap of Delilah and he gets his eyes removed. Not everything comfortable would offer you comfort in life. What did I say? Not everything will offer you in life. Jacob is putting his head on stones. He's having visions. Sometimes it's better to put your head on the stone of Jacob than to lie on the lap of Delilah. Because when you put your head on Delilah, you will lose your covering and you will lose your vision. Delilah took Samson's, the Philistines, Delilah took Samson's head, the Philistines took his eye. They reduced him to rubbles. And because of that, when his hair even began to grow again, there was no eye to see. They removed his covering, that was the Lord himself, and they took his vision. The moment you lose Jesus as your covering, you become a visionless man or woman. Are you here? So he came to a certain place. So if you go and see certain stones, it's better lying on them. Not every pillow will take you somewhere. Is that okay? Some are orthopedic pillow, but it will take you in realms of Lizzie. He took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and he laid down in that place to sleep. The verse number 12. Then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth. And its top reached the heaven and there were angels ascending and descending. And we establish here is that the order is not angels descending and ascending. The order is angels ascending and descending. In other words, if nothing ascends, nothing will descend. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes that when the clouds are full of rain, it empties itself onto the earth. There are many people that are expecting rain, but they have not filled the clouds. Don't expect rain until your, your, your vapor has ascended. 
Otherwise, you'll be expecting in vain. Because the order is this. If something ascends, something will descend. And that is why you must be a man or woman of prayer. Don't just be expectant. You have to create the expectancy. There are people that are expectant, but they are not creating the expectation. And if you go through scripture, you realize that God has always worked in partnership with man. When he comes to Moses, he said, what do you have in your hands? Are you here at all? So over here, over here, look, this is a mystery at the gates of heaven. And we, we will, when we finish the gate of heaven, we will go to the gate of heaven. But we have understood that gates are access. When you're talking about, you know, the heavenly realm, or when you're talking about the gate of heaven, in order for the gate of heaven to open and give, there has to be a correspondent request or need. And that is why over here we see that the angels are ascending and descending. In the book of Revelation, the chapter number 8, the Bible tells us that, you know, in the septum of the throne room, the church had to pray and angels had to carry the prayer, take it up, and then the trumpets began to sound. Is that okay? No matter how much we are expectant, being just expectant is not enough. We would have to be creating the expectation. And that is why anytime we are praying, we are knocking on the doors of the gates of heaven to respond. So the Bible says that Elijah was a man that was subject to life passions like us. And then James says he prayed. And the Bible says that as he prayed, the heavens what? It opened. That means that the heavens did not open until there was a response to prayer. The heavens would only react when something has ascended. So over here the Bible says that the angels were ascending and descending. There was a light that set upon the earth. Ah, Basutaya. And it stopped reached the heaven. It means that since God has left us access. God has left us access. Jesus did not just go. When he was going, he created a medium for us to come to him. Uh, are you understanding? When he was going, he left a ladder by which we could climb. Oh my God. Oh my God. And this is why I don't need to die to see. Oh my God. I don't need to die to see him. Listen. I told you the essence of the death of Jesus was not just to forgive your sins. They've told her, Jesus died for me in Sunday school. Why did Jesus die? To forgive us our sins. But that is not just the reason why he died. He did not just die to forgive sins, but he also died to restore access. And that is why one of the things that happened on the event of his death was the curtain tearing. So that the essence of his death was to forgive you so that after you are forgiven, you can come. And that is why he says, come now, therefore, come what? Boldly. Before the throne of what? Grace. You should what? Come. That means that we should be able to walk to where the four living creatures are. Because that's the throne of grace. And say we've come. Why? Because he's left a ladder. And do you know who is the ladder, 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 ladder? 
Our Lord Jesus is the ladder. Follow the ladder. Follow. The, have you heard it before? Oh, you've heard it. Ladder, 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 do. <laughs> Let me tell you, this ladder was Jesus. This ladder is Jesus. This ladder is who? Jesus. Good. Angels were sending, he's sending on it. The verse number 13, let's go. And behold, the Lord stood above it. I am the Lord God of Abraham, the Lord God of Isaac, and the land on which you lie, I would give to you and your descendant, Jesus, is the ladder over here. We see that Jesus is giving Jacob access to the Father. Okay? So it says that, I'll bless you out of you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. The verse number 15, let's go there quickly, quickly. Behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and I'll bring you back to this land for I will not leave you on any time I, I get to this part of the scripture. I feel like praying. Pray, pray, pray. Just pray. This, this, listen, this thing, anytime I, listen, guys, what a promise. He said, listen, I will not leave you until I have done. Oh my God. What I've spoken. What a promise. Pray, pray here. Pray here. My God. Father, let everything you've said concerning me, let everything you've said concerning me, Lord, let everything you've said concerning me, Jesus. Oh my God, Lord, let everything, let everything you've said concerning me materialized in the name of Jesus. Let's continue. It's a scripture that anytime I get there, what a promise. I will not leave you until everything I've promised you will manifest. 16. 16. Then Jacob woke up from his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. So number one, we've established that there is the gate of heaven. Okay? We will, we are, when we finish this next week, we'll look at the gate of heaven. No, I mean on Sunday. Let's continue now. Take me to the book of Matthew, the chapter number 16. Let's go there. Bring me to the verse number 12. Let's go to 13. Go, go. Go. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? Or my, I, the son of man, am? Some said, some, some they said, say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, and one or one of the prophets. The verse number 15, then he said to them, But who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, Simon Peter answered, that you are the Christ. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. The verse number 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, or blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. The verse number 18, and I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I would build my church, and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. The verse number 19, and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We are going to learn some mysteries tonight. Are you ready to learn some mysteries tonight? Are you sure? Lizzie, are you ready? Kweku, are you ready? Good. Good. 
Good. In the verse number 18, he said, I would build my church. And then he cites something very important. The moment he introduces the revelation of his church, the next thing that comes is the word called the gates of hell. Now, when we were studying about the Ecclesia, we said that the Ecclesia is a Greek word. That means called out. So, we established that Christians are the called out ones. The people that God has called out of this world to manifest his glory. To show forth his knowledge. They are called out of their families. They are called out of their communities. They are called out of their cities. They are called out of their homes. Just as in the book of Genesis. The chapter number 12. The Lord calls Abraham out of his family. To the place he's sending him to. You know. Fulfill his mandate concerning his life. We establish that the church is the called out ones. So number one. Over here. Jesus for the first time. Brings a revelation of his church. When we were studying two weeks ago, I told you that the church had already existed in Christ. Because the Bible says that he created us in him before the foundations of the world. The church was already in him. The church existed. But for the first time, Jesus Christ is introducing his church. And we established that now the church is introduced on the tenets of revelation. Peter had to go to the heavenlies and bring out a revelation. And based on that revelation, Jesus thought that the time or the opportune moment was right for him to launch for this church. And that is why the church is founded on revelation and the church must be prayed by revelation. It's not enough for the church to walk in a realm that everybody in the world walks in. And when I'm talking about the church, I'm not talking about the buildings. I'm talking about us because we make the church. Is that okay? There are some key things that we have to realize here. Number one, four things I want you to know about the church. As we establish the gates of hell. Starting from, you know, the book of Matthew, the chapter number, you know, 16. When Peter begins to, you know, bring about a revelation of the church. Number one, the church testimony. What is the testimony of the church? The testimony of the church is this. Jesus Christ, you know, Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. Because Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. It is the testimony of the church. That is our message. That is our message. So out of this encounter, we are uncovering four mysteries. What is the testimony of the church? That Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. Is that okay? That, that, is why, that is what the church, that's what the Bible says that as many as received him, we cannot be members of the church without Christ. We couldn't have been born again without Christ. We wouldn't have assurance without Christ. So when Peter said that you are the son of the living God, Peter was literally revealing the testimony of the church. This is our testimony. Even the Bible says that the spirit of prophecy is what? The testimony of Jesus is what? The spirit of what? Prophecy. So the testimony of the church is that you are the son of the living God. Are you here? 
What is the foundation of the church? Write it down. The church foundation. The church foundation is the revelation of the person of Jesus. Our foundation is the revelation of the person of Jesus. He says that upon this rock, I would build my church. When he says upon, it means that the church is going to be built on what? The foundation. Is that okay? So the foundation of the church is the revelation of the son or of God or the person of Jesus. He said upon this wrong. What is the assurance of the church? The assurance of the church is this. The gate of hell will not be. Oh my God. The assurance of the church is this. The gate of hell will not prevail against it. It's an assurance. Do you know how many people have tried to extinguish the church? Do you know how many people have tried to exterminate the church? Do you know people that have come from from Emperor Nero, from Domitian, people that have come and gone, that have tried everything possible to extinguish the church, but they were not, it was not possible because the assurance of the church is this, the gates of hell will not prevail against them. Are we here? And what is the authority of the church? He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The authority of the church is access to the keys of the kingdom. It's access to the keys of the kingdom. I wanted to give you these four things. Now, go back to the verse number 19, 18. I'll build my church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Over here, Jesus Christ is introducing his church and right at him introducing his church, he tells us what would be the biggest, you know, the biggest, what is antagonist? Is that a word? What would be the biggest opposition to the church? It's called the gate of hell. Now, I want us to Break into these things because it says the gates of hate. Now, I want to emphasize on that word hate. Some version says hell, but it's actually hate. Hate is the realm of the dead. Write it down. Hate is the realm of the dead. Now you see, the New Testament was predominantly written in Greek. And if you have studied a little bit, you know that Greek mythology, Greeks have gods for everything. They have God of love. You know, when you see Valentine's coming, you see this guy who is holding some kind of, you know, uh, uh, what is his name? Cupid, Cupid, Cupid. Cupid. You see Cupid and they say when Cupid shoots its arrow at you, it means you're falling in love. There are gods for everything in, you know, Greek mythology. Now, according to the Greek world, they believed that there is a God that presides over the realm of the dead. And that God that presides over the realm of the dead is called Hades. Okay? 
The God that presides over the realm of the dead is called what? It's called Hades. Now, over here, when the Bible is talking about Hades, the gates of Hades, the Bible is not necessarily talking about hell where there is going to be, you know, uh, um, fire and where the end of judgment is going to come. But when he's talking about hate, he's talking about a realm. Let's go to the book of Revelations, the chapter number 20. Let me show you something. Come with me to the book of Revelations, the chapter number 20. Give me 14. Watch this. Then death and hate or Hades were cast into the lake of fire. So that means that the place where people will burn in eternity is not hate. Because in Revelation chapter number 20, the verse number 14 and the 15, the Bible is actually saying is that death and hate will all be cast in the lake of fire on the day of judgment. Are you listening to what I'm trying to say? Just as you know, when you read the story of Lazarus and the rich man, the Bible says that when the Lazarus died, he went into a place called Abraham's bosom. And it's believed that the place called Abraham's bosom is the place where the righteous goes to wait for the day of judgment and from there they transition into, you know, paradise or the realm of glory or heaven. Now, there's also a belief that you see, Hades is a realm where the people that are dead are hidden for a season and if they would end up in hell, you know, hell only comes into fall or the lake of fire only comes into fall when the final judgment has come. So, understand this. Satan is not in hell. I've told you people several times, we don't sit here and think that Satan is in hell. Satan actually lives in a certain realm called hate. And hate is a realm in the underworld. Okay? Now we all know that Jesus and God are seated in a place called where? Heaven. And according to the book of Revelation, the chapter number 12, the Bible says that the, earth, the devil was cast where? He was cast down. The realm where he lives is this realm called hate. It's a realm, or you can call it, it's the headquarters of Satan and the forces of darkness. Are you here? It's what? The headquarters of Satan and the forces of darkness. So when the Lord is talking about the gates of hell or the gates of Hades, he's talking about the realm just as we know that when you talk about the gates of heaven and you're talking about a kingdom, God is residing in a place. He has his angels. He has his committee. He has his everything. And he's ruling, you know, men from a certain realm. The realm where the devil is ruling from is called Hades. And there is an access door to and from that place. And it's called the gates of hell. And Jesus is establishing in Matthew 16 and 18 that the one Powerful force that would oppose the church is the gates of hell. And that is why as we are learning to be strategic people, going forward is going to be one of the places we are going to be directing our prayers. When did you ever pray and you engage the gates of hell? Because if you want to cut anything off, what do you do? You tackle it from the source. When you want to deal with anything, you do what? Everything that is going wrong and everything 
propagated by the enemy is coming from this realm. And Jesus is telling us that their number one agenda is the church. Is the what? Is the what? Is the what? The church. Let's look at some interesting things about the gates of hell. Are you learning? Are you sure? Are you learning? Number one, the gates of hell is the dark world or Satan's unleashing portal. It's the dark world or Satan's unleashing portal. It means that everything the enemy would ever release or unleash is coming from this realm called the gates of hell. And the only assignment is to attack the church. To attack the church. It's the dark world or Satan's unleashing portal. Another thing you have to know about the gate of hell is that it is the headquarters of Satan and his control center. And this is why when we come here on Friday, that is one of the places we are going to turn our attention to. We are going to take the battle to the gates. We are taking the battle to where? We are taking the battle to where? Because if you stop the battle in the gate, the influence or the... I'm, I'm lost of the... If you stop it at the gate, it will not come into the city. Make sense? Make sense? Okay. Now... Why we have to attack that? Give me Genesis, the chapter number 22, the verse number 17. Quickly. First, Genesis 22, the verse number 17. Look at one of the promises God gave to Papa Abraham. He said, I'll bless you and I'll multiply you and your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sun which is on the seashore and your descendants will what? Possess the gates of what? Their enemies. We are not only meant to possess our gates, we are also meant to even go to the camp of the enemy and possess their gates. In football, there is a, there is a saying in football that the best form of defense is attack. Hey! Last week, my team was whitewashed, A2. <laughs> uh, people were calling me from Ghana, Australia, Saturday. Patience was there. My spiritual father, Reverend Yaku, called me. Ha! I did not watch the game because by revelation, I knew we were going to lose. But when I watched the highlight, the whole game was being played in the 18. You know, there's a box like this called the 18. The Bayern Munich team was pressing. They were pressing. The moment Barcelona get the ball, five people will come upon them and take the ball. So the ball was not even going past the... They were pressing right from the goal. And because of that, all the arsenals Barcelona had, Messi, Suarez, all of them became useless because the ball would not just cross the 18 because the people were pressing. And that's why it is said that the best form of defense is what? Attack. You don't wait for the enemy to hit you. Why? Why don't you hit the enemy before he hits you? Are we here? You, the only time you react is when you are hit. You will not pray 
You'll be sleeping the moment you get the bathroom. Shanamaha, le santaya, le skanaya, le saya. You'll be sleeping. And then the moment you see a snake in the dream, hey, Lord Jesus, le- you don't pray until you see snakes. Get the bathroom today, tomorrow. You say, Pastor, I'm fasting. Yesterday, a certain dream I had, Pastor, I want to do three days. For you, you are always reactive. When will you be proactive? So he says, your descendants shall may repossess the gates of our enemies. It means our gates are not enough for us. Uh, listen, we establish when we are learning kingdom, we say that one of the means by which kingdoms thrive is by warfare. If you understand the colonial times, the more battles a nation fought, the more people they conquered, the more their territories extended. So Queen Elizabeth was living here. It was not enough for her. She had to come and take Ghana as part of them. This place was not big enough for her. Hey, we will not relent until all the mosques become churches. Are you here? Yeah. Do you know that Muslims are buying churches now? Yeah, They are buying churches and they are converting it to mosques. They are possessing some early, some killing. But over here he says that, you know, your children... Would your descendants will possess the gate of their enemies? And I'm telling you that the realm from which the enemy operate is called that realm called the gate of hell. And the only assignment of that place is to fight the church. Okay? All right. So we said it is the headquarters of Satan and his control center. So anything that has ever fought you or fought the church is coming from this realm. Is that okay? It's coming from which realm? The gates of war? Good. The next point or the next significance. It is is the place where every agenda or weapon of the enemy is wielded from. Efficiency says we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, you know, demonic wickedness in the heavenly places. All of these things are ranks in that realm. It is where every agenda and weapon of the enemy is wielded from. The next thing, the primary concern of the gate of hate is to wage warfare against the church. The primary concern of the gate of hate is to wage warfare against the church. I have a good news for you. The good news is this. Jesus Christ conquering death and hate means that the gate of hell has no power against the church if we stand in authority. Jesus Christ conquering death and hate means that the gate of hell has no power against the church if we stand in authority. Give me Revelations, the chapter number 1, the verse number 18. Revelations, the chapter number 1, the verse number 18. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I am he who lives. And was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hate and death. I have the keys of where? 
of hate and death. When Jesus died on the cross, he took the battle to the gates of hell. And this is why John, uh, the first John, the chapter number 5, the verse number 14 says that he that is born of God. He said, I am he who lives and dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of hate and death. And this is the reason why he boldly stated that the gates of hell shall not prevail. Listen, I told you that the battle of the church started in the Garden of Eden. The enemy did not succeed in Eden. So he waited till the time of Christ's manifestation physically. And told Herod, said, kill every male guy. He couldn't. He thought that he would have extinguished the church on the cross. But at the cross, the church was birthed. And after Jesus had died and gone, they, listen, go and look at how the apostles were martyred. Listen, it means that you cannot exterminate the church with death. Look, let them slaughter all the Christians here. Another group of Christians will emerge. The enemy thought that the only way he could have ended Jesus' assignment was to kill him. That's what the Bible says that if the princes of this world knew. So for them, the only way that Jesus Christ and his assignment for the church could have been extinguished was to kill him. Uh, but they did not know. Jesus said that except a grain of corn falls to the ground and it dies, it abides alone. But if it falls to the ground and it dies, it would come up with much more fruit. So listen, this is what it means. The very things the enemy thinks that he's using it to stop the church is the very means God uses to multiply the church's effect. The church has always thrived under persecution. The more you pray, listen, if you don't want the church to grow, don't touch it. Because when we are not persecuted, we are very comfortable, we don't move. But the moment you persecute us, you charge us. All of a sudden, the people who don't pray are praying. The people who don't cry are crying. The people who don't scream are screaming. One of the elements of revival for the church is persecution. And that is what the Lord said, listen, the gates of hell, because you see, hate is the realm of the dead. So the enemy was thinking that by him killing them, you see, and that is why from this place, you know, John the Baptist's head was cut. The apostles, it was just an assignment to say, listen, we can wipe them off by death. But death, the Bible says that he says that I hold the keys to death and to hate. And he says that because of this, I would build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Guys, listen, until the appearing of the son of God, the church can never be exterminated. Say the church. Say the church. Say the church. Now it's important that as the church, we now begin to take the battle to the gates. Guys, listen. The things we are learning, we are learning some serious things. That would require some serious actions. And if you don't do these serious actions, Charlie, once you you'll be sleeping, some angels will come and whip you at night. Because the things that we are uncovering are big mysteries. Are you here? It's Friday. We are taking the battle to these gates. 
Because, you see, we have to be people that are very, very, very proactive. We don't have to react after we've been hit. Let's go to the book of Revelation, the chapter number 12. Quickly, let me show you one or two things, and then we'll end there. The time is going. Let me end here. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman which is clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and on her head, a gallant of 12 stars. We've read this several times. You know, Lizzie has preached about it. This is nothing that you don't know. The woman was being with a child and she cried out in labor and all of these kind of things. Let's go continue. And another sign appeared, you know, the dragon. The dragon is representing the power or the force that comes out of the gates of hell. And, you know, the Bible is saying that. So over here, when you read this scripture, we realize that the target was in the woman. The target is the seed. And we know that the church is the seed of Christ. Is that okay? Good. No, seven hands and the ten horns and the seven diadems on his head. Go, let's go, let's go, let's go. He still drew a third of the stars. Continue. The child was born. He couldn't touch the child. It was a male child. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Then the woman fled into the wilderness and then she's saved. And war breaks out in heaven and Michael and the dragon fight the angels. And you know, they do not prevail. Why would they not prevail? Because the gates of hate will not what? Prevail. For fighting, they will fight. So we should not be alarmed when the battle is coming. What we have to know is that the end of the battle is already determined. Oh, you were not accepted. I said, don't worry about the battle. What you should be mindful of the fact is that the end of the battle is determined. Listen, the brothers of Joseph did not know that the end of Joseph was determined before his beginning. Jesus Christ is the beginning and the end. Jesus Christ, you know, God creates things from the end and brings it to the beginning. There is nothing that God has started that he does not know where it will end. And if it will not end, he will not start it. Are you here? So you have to be calm. Tell someone be calm. Tell the person your destiny is already decided. Your life is decided. Relax. Tell the person relax, relax, relax. 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 But they did not prevail. There was a place found for them in heaven any longer. The verse number 9 so the dragon was cast out the old serpent called the devil who deceived the whole world. He was cast on the earth and his angels were with him. So I told you that the realm that he presides now, the devil is not operating from heaven. He's operating from a realm called hate and there's a gate that is there and that is literally the access point from there to the earth and from the earth to that place. Is that okay? You know, that has come, they accused before the, the, the day and night. Let's go to the verse number 11. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testament, the verse number 12, I think we are going up to 13. Therefore rejoice, O ye heavens, and who dwell you know, in them, watch the inhabitants of the earth for, and for the sea. For the devil has come down, so he's down in a realm called you know, hate, having great wrath because he knows he has a short time. The verse number 13. Now the dragon... When the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. Let's go. But the woman was given two wings of an eagle that she might fly to the wilderness, a place which is nourished for her for times and half for the presence of the serpent. The verse number five. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood of water, you know, after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. Let's continue. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed. No, go back, go back. I want to talk about that. I, I was speaking to you guys, I don't think, on Sunday, and I told you that everything God created is a weapon of warfare on your behalf. Is that okay? Over here, the Bible is saying that when the enemy 
was attacking the woman, it was the earth that opened its mouth and swallowed the flood. May the earth fight on your behalf. Oh, Jesus. Do you know that the earth can open its mouth and swallow anything the enemy has held at you? When you begin to talk about elements of warfare, I'll teach you about some of these things. Up the flood with the dragon spit out of his mouth. Let's go, let's go, let's go to the next one. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he this is where I want you, I want us to focus. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Which people keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus? Which people? The church. So the battle of the enemy is not against Jesus anymore. Did you hear what I said? The battle of the enemy is not against who? Because he knows he stands what? No crown. The battle of the enemy is against his offspring. The battle of the enemy now is against the church. Have you seen that it looks like everybody in the world is against the church? Hey, let a Buddhist guy go and sit in the city center cross his leg and do people will surround him and say tourism they'll be clapping you go stand there and just sing a song and mention the name of Jesus they'll tell you are disturbing public peace everything else is tourism until Jesus comes in so over here relent that the enemy's attention now is against the rest of her offspring, the people who keep the commands of God and have the testimony of Jesus. It means this. This is what the whole lesson for tonight means. If the church will thrive, one of the places the church would have to start targeting in prayer is the gates of hell, which is the headquarters and the realm from which everything the devil propagates reside from. Let's pray. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. We pray you are blessed by it. If you would like to connect with us, you can follow us on our social media pages under the handle Kingdom Ambassador Centre UK. We also invite you to fellowship with us on Wednesday evenings from 7pm, Sunday mornings from 11am, and at our monthly night vigils on the third Friday of every month from 11pm at Unit 21, Millmead Business Centre, Millmead Road, N17, 9QU. Kingdom Ambassador Centre, raising disciples, taking territories and advancing the kingdom of God. Shalom and God bless you.